We believe that you are strong by design and you were made in God's image to have a strong body, mind, and spirit. You're listening to the number one strength and health authority podcast in the world. So let's get ready to unlock your potential and transform your life in today's episode. Hey there, welcome to the Strong by Design podcast today. This is your co-host, Coach Chris. And I'm the other co-host, Coach Brian. Hey, how you doing, buddy? What's up, Chris? Love sitting across from you. We've done this numerous times. Might as well keep it going. Let's do it. (laughs) So we have a special episode for all of you listeners today because um, this is something that's very personal to Coach Brian and me. We are fathers both of two children, and we know what an awesome responsibility that is. And and I think both of us can agree we can't imagine life without the children that we have. Um, It's hard to remember that far back. I I forget what it was like not having kids. (laughs) I know. I know. It's (laughs) And for all those dads out there, those parents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And my kids, I've got a five-year-old and two. I mean, he'll be three very soon, but like, if you think about it, like, that's not a long, like, they've only been on this earth not even that long. And I, I totally forgot what it was like without kids. Yeah. I mean, you, you just, those first few years of having a child kind of, you have to become a lot less selfish and you're a lot more <laughs> focused on someone else for the, kind of for the first time in your, in your life, you know, because, you know, in your relationship, there's a great deal of focus on your, on your, uh, your would-be spouse or your, you know, your partner, but uh, it, it's different. You, you don't have to do everything for them. You know, you don't have yeah. to put them to bed and change their diaper. And well, I mean, let's hope, let's, hope, let's, let's hope not. <laughs> but, but I really, so I, a lot of this stems from a book that, that I read. Now you did, you did, yeah. you read, and you read it yeah. too, even more recently than me. Yeah. I, think. I just finished it. Yeah. Uh, I think end of December. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm an emotional guy. Brian knows that very well. And this book just got me in a lot of ways. It really pulled on my heart and um, just got me to reflect a lot about being a dad and my role in my, in my family, how vitally important that is and how, unfortunately, that role has kind of taken a back seat in, in recent years, uh, I think. And, um, and we'll, you know, we'll touch on some of those things. Mm-hmm. But um, so the book I'm referring to is Hero by Meg Meeker. And she is a uh, uh, an author of several books. She's been a pediatrician for like 30 years and is a, is a mother herself. And what's amazing about this book is the perspective that she has as a woman writing about the importance of a dad or a father in, in a family situation. And I just thought that that was really cool. Um, you know, we can all, there's a lot of books out there authored by men who've written about the importance of being a dad and being a, a mentor and a leader and a coach and all these different parts of, of, of fatherhood. But it was really interesting coming from a woman and her amazing insight. Uh, obviously this, this is, you can tell this woman has, a lot of years under her belt in dealing with children and dealing with mm-hmm. the relationship between a parent and a child. Yeah, this this whole book, uh, and we're gonna not just dive into this book, but dive into you know the role of 
being a dad and, yeah. and we're going to share some struggles and share some breakthroughs and things like that. But yeah, this book, um, just quickly given Dr. Meeker's bio, she has spent more than 30 years practicing pediatric and adolescent medicine and counseling teens and parents. She's a, a mother of four children and she has a, a medical practice with her husband. So she's got some skin in the game. And uh, if you've never read this book, uh, I highly encourage you to read it. But again, we're not here to only promote this, but we're here to just promote what, what what's behind this book. And that just means being the strong father your children need. Yeah, that's that's the whole idea behind this book. Absolutely right. Moms and dads are critical, right, to children. And if they lose one, if they grow up without a mother or a father in their life, that's going to have a ripple effect in in their life. Even if they're surrounded by, you know, uh, grandparents or, you know, uh, extended family or uh, some type of guardian, uh, you know, uh, pr- parental figure. I just think that children who have that luxury, I guess you could call it, to grow up in a home until they're, they reach adulthood with both a mother and a father just helps complete them, I think, in a lot of ways and helps, helps them um, uh, gr- grow and be in touch with the, the differences between men and women, which are, are great, but we both provide so much, right? Yeah. The moms provide that more of the nurturing and the emotional uh, side of things, and the dads provide more of that kind of the logic and the and the you know strength confidence. and protection and confidence side of things. But not that they both can't also overlap yeah, a bit absolutely. too, you know, uh, no doubt about it. So, um, so my first point. So, what's funny is I've already done like a YouTube video about this book. I've done I think Facebook Lives about this book, and then I just thought, you know, this this has to be shared on our Strong by Design show between, mm-hmm. you know, I thought of you first just because I thought, you know, how cool we both have young children. I have a seven-year-old son and a, a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and uh, so our kids are roughly the same age, and and uh, I just knew the perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in our background, you know, we grew up in very different homes, so I want right. to kind of get into that too. And I'll get to that, I think, in my, the next point. The first point I wanted to kind of harp on was – that society has kind of downplayed dad's uh, significance and importance. importance in the family unit. I mean, go back. Let's let's pull up some TV history, even even movies. You, you go back twenty years, mm-hmm. and and what was the the role of the dad? It was to come home after work, working a nine to five, sit on the couch, drink beer. Fall asleep watching sports. That's right. That's what TV portrayed dad as. Like that's their significance is doing nothing other than providing, making money. And then it's when it's their time away from work, it's their time. It's there. There's no role for the dad in, in the family. And unfortunately that has carried to today where a society is downplaying masculinity, fatherhood, men as leaders in their home. And we're here to say that's wrong and hopefully encourage you if you're in that situation and you're, you're dealing with this exact topic that you feel unimportant, insignificant. Well, let me be the first to tell you that that's a lie Yeah, because you are significant. What you do matters and your kids need you. Yeah. 
No doubt about it. I mean, if you go back further, if you go back 50 years. Oh, yeah. You got Father Knows Best, Leave It to Beaver, some right. of these other shows. But there, the father was at least portrayed as an, a very important part of the house. Yeah. Went out and, you know, I mean, yeah, times have changed. I, I understand that. But typically now my wife works too. She's, yeah. She contributes. Times definitely have changed. You know, times have changed, you know, where men and women both contribute financially. But, in you know, in the past, it was more of the dad was the provider and the mom was the caretaker. Right. And some people still live by that model. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's whatever works for your family, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go back and watch some of those old shows, these these dads were good men. They had integrity and, you know, you had to be honest and they held you accountable as a kid. And if you screwed up, they came down on you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, these are things that it's almost like it becomes cool to get away from like the way things used to be. And it's, you know, sometimes the way things used to be are really good. (laughs) You know, the way things used to be a couple hundred years ago was people weren't completely lazy all the time, just, you know, go into technology for for all their entertainment. They were actually outside being physically active. They were reading books. They were playing music. They were singing songs. They were doing things that helped make you a more, uh, in my opinion, more complete uh, person. And nowadays, you know, we've become so technologically driven, you know, on, on our social media platforms and stuff. And our, you know, society is, I think, gone backwards in some regard in terms of like the health side of things since we're we're a health and fitness business and we, we've seen this so anyway our, our dad's role in there is pretty crucial I mean I'm a coach for my son's baseball team and I take great pride in that that I get all this extra time with my son and he gets to see me around other boys that look up to me as a, as a leader as a role model and I think it's really, really, really cool. And um, anyway, so I, I wanted to, to get into kind of maybe our our history, our personal history, because our upbringing, I think, was radically different. Mm-hmm. Go back in time and tell me a little bit about your relationship with your father, what kind of uh, father he was to you. Yeah. Uh, so I grew up in a what you would consider a typical upbringing, mother and father. Uh, married, uh, had a sibling, you know, my, my dad worked, my mom worked, uh, they were present in most situations, whether it's my mom or, or my dad and, or both parents at an event, you know, my dad, uh, owned his own business. And so he was able to maneuver his schedule around. But if you own your own business, you understand the pitfalls of owning your own business where you're always on the clock, you work weekends, you work nights, but he tried to do his best to stay present in our lives. And it, he, he did to a certain extent, but I mean, you, you just, if you're going to business, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be times where you just can't be at your kids' events. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was understood. And my mom was a teacher. So she, she knew the, the power of relationships inside of family communication. So she, my mom did her best uh, to be the mom that was present you know, loving, caring, nurturing, uh, edu- educating all throughout our upbringing. Uh, so it, in, in that regard, our parents did love us. They taught us things. But there was also times where it was, you know, one parent with two kids. Uh, you know, it's my mom with my, my brother and I or my dad and my mom. It was just, you know, just typical dynamics of mother and father. Um, they, they, they sacrificed for us. 
they they did they brought us to church they they introduced us to to God and uh they did as much as they could for us and now looking back that they did they did more for us as kids than we actually realized when we were kids and again that that just comes with maturity right. and wisdom like you know now being a father of two i know the things that I'm doing, I'm pretty sure, and my mom, my mom can vouch for this, saying, "Oh yeah, we did the same thing." And I'm like, "Did you really do that?" Because you, you you kind of forget those things. Like, you know, when you're sick, someone's there to take care of you. But like when you're sick, you might not remember somebody taking. You know, just you, right. you forget about certain things until you know you're kind of like, "Wow, maybe they did do that." Yeah, and uh, you know they. They were always there supporting me with relationships, with jobs, mm-hmm. with, uh, with just pursuing, you know, something greater. Now, I'm not saying they were experts in what they were giving, but they at least made an effort to get me out of the norm, get me sure. to do something greater and not, not to go down the stream with everybody else. Right. You know, kind of this is who you are in Christ. This is what the Bible says about the direction of your life. Uh, you know, work hard and set your dreams high. And they just, they kind of just tried it as they went along. And, and I, you know, I thank the Lord that where I'm at today is because of the investment my parents made in my life and my brother's life. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Did, did you ever reflect as a young father about emulating your dad in, in certain ways? Were, were you trying to be the father that your dad was to you, to your own children? Ooh, that's a good question. And because there's two ways to go. Right. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, and I think my, I think your way is one way. And I think my way in a lot of ways is the other. Yeah. I would, having an entrepreneurial mindset, you know, I was, I, I would say, all right, my dad did this. How can I do what my dad did, but do it better? And I'm not downplaying what my dad did, right. but he had weaknesses just like, Everybody has weaknesses. Like we do. Yeah. So I, I look at how my dad brought me up, and I'm like, all right, he, he he was definitely lacking in this area. You know, strengths and weaknesses. He had obvious strengths. He had obvious weaknesses. So I in my life, I just as a as a father, and I consider myself kind of a, a still a new father. I mean, five years is mm-hmm. it's not that long in the game. But I would say, all right, my dad did this. Now either I do it and do it better or don't do it just based on mm-hmm. what I know now and, and how my boys react to me versus how my brother and I reacted to my parents. Yeah. But there is definitely like a, wow, I, you, you use, I use my father as kind of like the role model or the, the example to live and teach and teach my kids. Yeah. I mean, other than that, it's, it's Christ. Yeah. If it wasn't for Christ, you know, the, the, the relationship that the father has with the son, with God having this relationship with his son, the next relationship is my earthly father, which is my dad. And if I, and if I look at my dad and have nothing good to say about then obviously you can go and say, all right, I'm not going to be my dad. And we're not our fathers. Right. And which is that's something a huge, that, huge point that Meg makes in the book right. is that we're not our dad. Yeah. No matter how good or bad your father was, right. or you might not, People, I, I understand it. Some some kids. I mean, the statistic. I think uh, according to twenty seventeen uh, Census Bureau, one out of four kids are fatherless, and they out of almost twenty million children. 
25%. So yeah. that, that's 5 million. 5 million kids, kids are without fathers. And so who are they looking up to? Right. They're looking up to what they see on TV. And I, I, we're kind of going I'm outside the question no, no, now. No, but okay. But it, the long story is that I have – my father is the person who I, I kind of set as what a father should be a like. A standard. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's – your standard's much different than mine. My dad, as many good qualities that he had, my dad was a, very much a disciplinarian. He was the oldest of four boys. So he grew up with a lot of responsibility at a young age. He was in the military. He also became an alcoholic. Um, and he was abusive emotionally and physically. So I was the youngest of, of three boys. My older brothers were identical twins, five years older than me. And I looked up to – they were almost kind of like my secondary father figure, my, bro- my older brothers. Um, and um, if it wasn't for the strength uh, of – my mom um, and the the massive amount of love that she had for her three boys, uh, I would have turned out absolutely radically different uh, than I am today. But I say that my dad actually also had some good qualities. My dad was a very hardworking guy. He was a functional alcoholic. He had his own business. He was a hearing aid specialist. He was the guy that would fit people for hearing aids and, and stuff like that. And he had his own, own business for years and years and years, and it was successful. He was always working. We lived in the Northeast. He always had a plow on the truck to plow driveways and commercial uh, parking lots uh, during the, the snowy season. And then he would have his his other truck, pickup truck, ready to haul wood away. He would, we had like we we always had jobs or something to do. Uh, on weekends or even during the week sometimes that was we were like our my father's like little workers little worker bees more so my brothers than I because they were five years older and but I think at least for my dad work ethic was huge we understood that if you want good things nice things you have to work hard to get it um, but there's a lot of things I don't want to do like my dad, which mm-hmm. was the, the abusive nature, you know, the emotional scarring and physical, uh, uh, you, you know, abuse that, that took place. And that's very painful. And there's, there's a lot of years of pain from that. Um, but luckily, like I said, imagine if I was the only child and I endured all that myself and I didn't, yeah. and maybe my mom wasn't the great mom that she was, how, how d- different would I be? I'd be very different. And how many how many kids grow up in that type of home situation where they have an abusive parent, either mother or father, right. and but they only have the one parent and they don't even have a sibling to lean on uh, for security and for 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 guidance, for support, for for some some kind of outlet. So I, I'm just so fortunate that that I had other terrific people very close to me growing up. Um, so there's a lot, oftentimes I'll ask myself in a certain situation, like, kind of like, what would my, what would my dad have done in that situation? And, and I do struggle sometimes with anger and patience issues. And when I let it get the best of me, I'm like, that's, that's how my dad pretty much would have reacted in that situation. Mm -hmm. But then when I do something contrary to what he would have done, I got to tell you, it fills me with a lot of like pride. I feel that I, look, I, I didn't, I broke the, 
yeah. whatever you want to call it, you know, the, the perpetuating thing where right. they're just like their dad and then their kids become just like yeah, them. The, I broke um, the chain, yeah. I guess you could say. Yeah. And my brother is, is very much like that himself with his three kids. So it's it's kind of cool that, you know, we, we didn't have to go down that the dark road of abuse mm-hmm. and, and stuff with, with in our family. So you're not your dad. That's, that's kind of the important point here. Yeah. Y- you can make a change and you can be the dad that you want to be. Right. It's your choice. Every day you wake up, if you regret what you did yesterday, go apologize to your kid and be a different dad. Right. Nothing. Yeah. That, that's the, that's the biggest thing. It's, it's nothing's permanent. Like, it like yeah, you are passed down some of these inherited genes, but that doesn't mean you can't alter those genes and you can't do your darn best to correct it, what happened prior to you. Yeah. I mean, what, what your dad did, of course, it's going to affect you to some regard, but you have two choices, whether you let it affect you or you affect it. You, you, that means you, you change how you respond to what something your, your dad has done. And the biggest thing that a lot of men that and even friends that I've encountered that, that struggle with this, that they, they've never really forgiven their father. Yeah. Especially w- w- whether their dad's still here right. on earth or yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And, on, on, you know, under their breaths, they might be thinking, oh, th- this one's for you, dad. Like, I- I'm upping you. Like, you didn't do this, so I'm doing it. Yeah. So there, there is vengeance there. Yeah. And v- vengeance isn't forgiveness. Yeah. I'll show him. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna be the father that my my dad would never was. Like yeah. that's 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 not a healthy way to live. No. It's it's motivating, but it's not a positive a positive way to look at it because now you're you're letting your dad affect who you are, and again, you're not your father. Yeah, you have to come to, to terms or to some sort of peace ultimately. And that and that and again, I, I was I'm not in that situation. Yeah, I've never right. had to. Right. But there are things that I'm like, man, I wish my dad did something a little differently. Mm-hmm. But it, it's again, it's it's how I respond to it. It's yeah. not it's not his fault because maybe his dad, yes. my grandfather, did that to him and he was just he he just let it bother yeah. him. Yeah. I've often thought that about my dad. Like and I know my grandfather, he, he was in the war. He, he lived through the Depression in New York City. He drove Greyhound buses. He, you know, like, he, they, they, they had nothing. They lived in New York City. Like, at, in, at the time where, you know, you were making, like, what, like, five cents a day, like, selling new. Like, it was crazy. Like, the stories that my grandparents told me. I'm like, now I know how my, how my dad is wired because all he knew, all his dad knew was work. Yeah, it wasn't even relationship. It was survival. Provide, 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 survive. That's yeah, it. That's it. That's that. That that's kind of what it was. Yeah, I mean that's that's the world that was, and you know thing. Yeah, times have changed, and 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 we change with them. But the importance of the mother and father, I think, in a, in a family. Will will stand the test of time. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't. I don't think that. I think a hundred years from now, having a mom and having a dad are are just as crucial as they were two hundred years ago, as they were a yeah. hundred years ago, and are today. So now I know there's, uh, you know, like there's this. I guess it's a trend, but I mean, it's. I don't really want to call it a trend, but it's. It's just like something that's emerging. Is you know, uh, the couples that. You know, whether it's a homosexual couple or there's two quote unquote fathers or two mothers in a picture, and they're saying that is just the same as a father and mother relationship. But 
And we're not going to go down that because I don't have enough research or stats. Yeah. yeah. But I, I would I would put my money on a mother father figure hands down versus a father father or a mother mother figure. That's yeah. just right. That's just my two cents, and I I would I would stand firm on that that position until the day I die. Well, I mean, and and you know, and that's our. That's our opinion, and that's our right. perspective. We're, we're we're heterosexual men who are married with wives that we love, and and, and with children that we had with those wives. Yeah, and no, I, I, I have, that's our position on that. So, I have friends that are gay, and they yeah. they have great. I mean, they're great parents, sure. But I'm talking the father son or father daughter yes. relationship. Yeah, that it, that is just it, it's. Yeah, it, it, that's a whole different topic. But yeah. here's some stats that I, I pulled up on. It's it's called the father absence crisis in America. Mm. Yes. And again, this is from the U.S. Census Bureau. So this is not opinion. This is straight from the source. Uh, I got it from um, a website called fatherhood.org, uh, fatherhood.org. And it's just saying, you know, like I, the statistic of the, the importance of a father and, you know, research shows when a child is raised in a father absent absent home he or she is affected in the following ways and they got this pretty interesting flow chart uh so i'm just going to quickly throw out some stats and if you're saying you know a father is not significant well these these stats should uh should change your opinion it's saying the kid is more four times greater at risk for poverty that's that's pretty four times greater risk of poverty they're more likely to have behavioral problems. There's a 2x greater risk of infant mortality from with a mom-child health versus father-child health. So it's almost like if the father is not there, it, there's a higher infant mortality rate if the father is not present. Now, I, I don't know what how they yeah. – I mean, whether it's multiple children in the home, whether the mom is just tired from not having the support of a husband or a father. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that, but it was pretty interesting – yeah. Well, especially, I mean, if you're a single parent, right? The parent could be that. The, the parenting is not going to be as good as if there were two. The and it doesn't say what like when like that this these events will happen, but it says that they're more likely to go to prison. They're more likely to commit a crime. They're seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teenager. They're, they're more likely to face abuse and neglect. They're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol. They're two times more likely to suffer obesity. And they're two times more likely to drop out of high school. These stats are based on the absence of a father in a home. Yeah. And that, again, that's from the 2017 U.S. Census Bureau, right? It can be found, I mean, all over the place. Wow, that's, so that's, that's staggering. Yeah. It, but it's eye-opening. And whether you agree with it or not, I mean, it, it, stats it, are stats. Statistics are there uh, to be analyzed, and there's got to be a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because you said, you know, you said the words "be there," you know, without a father being there, being present in the home. And that's one of my big takeaways from reading this book, Hero, was just be there, in be a presence in your child's life. I, I know there's a lot of parents out there, maybe listening. Who, who feel that they can do a better job of being there, be, oh, being a presence. Right. We all can. There's all, yeah. always room for improvement, right? Um, 
But and when I say be there, I just mean even when you're in the room with your child, you're, you're like you're there. Are, are you connecting with your kid, or are you just there? And but you're on your phone, or you're on you're, you're on your on, computer, on your computer, you're doing work. You're reading a book. You're not engaged with your kid, and that's huge. And, you know, we have the young the, the young kids. What do they want to do? They want to climb on daddy. Daddy, watch this. Daddy, look at me. Do and daddy, this. look at yes. And yeah, there's some, hey, mommy, watch this. But it's oftentimes it's like for my, for my son or my daughter, they want to show off for dad. Right. They want to like, look what I can it's, do, dad. It's the approval. It's the approval. They're looking for that. Yeah. And we, we talked about that at the beginning of this episode is that mothers are typically the ones to nurture, to care, and to provide comfort where the fathers, they're, they're pretty much there for security. As in like, hey, you're doing a good job. Keep doing what you're doing. Confidence, approval. And protection. And protection. So if, yeah. you know, if my son says, you know, hey, dad, come look at this. He wants my approval. I'm being like, oh, wow, you did that? That's awesome. Right. Or he, and then if he gets hurt outside, he's going to be like, yeah. mom, I need a Band-Aid. Yeah. He's not going to come to dad make, for a Band-Aid. No, make me feel better, mom. Right. I, I'm in pain. I need to be right. held. I need. And to no one taught them that. That was given to them at you know before birth. That's right. That's wired into yeah. their system. That's right. And it doesn't matter how many hugs and kisses I give my son. Yeah. If 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 he's if he's hurting, he's looking for mom. Right. You know. When they're sick, hey, when I'm sick, yeah. You know, before I got married, I as a, I was in college, you know, 25 years old, I'm like, mom, mom. what do I take? <laughs> mom, can, can you send me some? Can soup? you drive me? Yeah. Can you drive to college? Yeah. And <laughs> make it's me. so true. It's so true. Yeah. And if I said that to my dad, he'd be like, suck it up. You got a car, go to the store. My mom would be like, all right, I'm on my way. Yeah. But back to being there for your kids. Don't just be in the room. Be be present. Make eye contact. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I fall short of this. My wife uh, and I actually impl- implemented this no phone policy between, I think it's either 5 p.m. and 7, or no, it's 5.30 in bedtime. So as soon as I get home from work, you know, I... Unless it's an emergency, but my phone, her phone goes on the counter. It's on vibrate. You know, when we were there, it's family time. Now, I I fall short of it. The whole idea is to be intentional with our time. I haven't seen my wife all day. It's only fair to her that I give her attention, not Instagram, not Facebook. And my kids, I haven't seen them all day. I saw them before school. Mm -hmm. And all they want is my attention. So making it. You know, setting up these like parameters of like, all right, no phones before bedtime. Uh, when no answering emails, you know, it can wait. Bills can wait till the kids go to bed. Like, I mean, think about it, two hours. It's all we're talking about. Two, three hours. That's it. Of, of dedicated time to to the people that love you and need you the most. Yeah, it's crazy. When, when you, Unplug. When, when uh, I think it was last year and I was in a, a men's Bible study at church and one of the guys, uh, guest speaker came in and it, it was a men's group. So, you know, you can kind of dig deep into marriage and, and fatherhood and things like that. And the guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he got up in front of the group and said, all right, man, raise your hand if your family is your biggest priority, you know, or second to God. And, you know, across the room, you know, everybody's hands are raised and he goes, how much time are you intentionally spending with your number one priority? And everybody was like, ouch. ouch. So if you think your kids are your number one priority or even your wife or your, or your husband, 
and you're giving them a tenth of your energy, they're not a priority. Yeah. If you don't want to be the father that your dad was or be the best dad ever or the best mom ever, and you're only giving in just something that's acceptable or passing, no, you want you need to give the best to be the best. Yeah. I, I often think about the dad on his drive home, you know, for the, for the dads that don't work from home, because now, you know, there's a growing trend with, with the online world where some, some people, oper- people yeah. operate right out of their home. And, but you have to be able to flip, flip that switch. Right. You have to be able to turn that dial. And even though it's been a long day and maybe work was, you had your challenges and stuff and you're a bit drained, you have to give your best. You have to get back to your A game. For those two to three hours, and yeah. I'm guilty of, of 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 sucking in that in that particular it's period. It's hard. It's hard. But you know what? If if we're manly, we're tough, right? We just gotta. It's a challenge. Pull pull ourselves up it, by our bootstraps. If you think about it, children. <laughs> I mean, you stop calling a child when when they're like what 10, 11 years old, maybe. At that point, they're like, all right. They're they're maturing. They're yeah. teenagers or right. adolescents. Right. You're like a little man or a little woman. But yet, at that science point. proves that the kids up to like age eight is when they retain the most amount of knowledge, and that sets the foundation of their life. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. What they say is if it's somewhere between six and eight years yeah. old. Like the the child that your kid is between six and eight is pretty much the person they will be. Right. For the rest of their lives. Right. You've ingrained and instilled That's the, foundation. the values. And, yeah, right. they, they're, they've built their foundation. So if you want your kid to be the best kid and to pour out everything that you've learned, whether good or bad, like they're going to pick it up. Yeah. And now is the time to do it. You can't wait and you can't rely on someone else to do it because that's that's not their job. Yeah. I mean, they absorb everything. They're sponges. They see us when we think they're not looking. They hear us when they we think they're not listening. Um, they, they're they're always mindful of where mom and dad are. And if one of us isn't home, they're asking, "When's mom coming home? When's dad coming home?" Right. And the second you get in the door, yeah, dad, c- come play with me. Yeah. And I mean, I, I hate. I hate saying no, and sometimes I'm like, oh, but I just got home. Give me yeah, like, give me a few minutes. Yeah, yeah and and that's fine. And the, the thing that's been working well in our home is that my wife understands that. Like, hey, buddy, daddy just got home. like. So I'm not the bad guy saying no, buddy. I can't play right now. Yeah. My wife Michelle actually steps in, and says, hey, buddy, give dad a couple minutes. He just got home. Yeah. But he will play with you in just a few minutes. Go get ready. Yeah. So. No one's a bad guy. She's just community. Yeah. She's the middle person. Yeah. It's a lot different than me saying, hey, buddy, no. Because yeah. the last thing he wants is for his dad to say no. That's right. So my wife, and, we, and this isn't something that we just came up with. Like this is, you know, we, we've gone to parenting courses. We've read books. We've listened to podcasts and seminars. Like this is from experts in the field saying like the psychological effect of words that we have on our kids. We might not think it's a big deal. But our kids see that word no as I'm, I must be doing something that is displeasing to my parents. Right. In reality, we, we don't right. think that, but that's right. what What's they What's wrong think. with me that- Why doesn't he want yeah. to play with me? Yeah. 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 So we have to consider those things, you know? It's, La- it's crazy. Last night, my son, my, my wife had told me in, a, in a, me- a message before I got home that my son was asking about when I'd be home so that we could play or do something together. So when I got home, 
you know, I was tired. Yeah. He was tired, though. He, he had a full, long day. He had Taekwondo <laughs> practice. Like, he was beat. And I could see it in his face. I could see that, you know, you, as a parent, you know when your kid's tired. They just have that that, oh, yeah. that out, the, out there eyes. look. Yeah, the they, they look like they're about to pass out. But my son still wanted to at least do something with me. He came over and sat by me while I was eating my dinner. Yeah. And he wanted me to tickle his leg. And then... Mommy asked, like, what, what do you want to do, honey? You don't have much time before bath and bedtime. Like, what do you want to do with daddy? And he's like, I want to color. So we all got up, my wife, my daughter, and my son, and we went over and we all colored a picture together at the table. And then we voted on, like, who had the best picture. And we hadn't done something like that before, like, in that in that way. But I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. It was, what, 10, 15 minutes yeah. of our time, but we all drew a different picture and then showed it to each other, and we all, like, voted for, for the and, – and it was fun and memorable, and and I know my son probably just loved it, and he, he got the best picture. And, that, and that's <laughs> the thing, like, you know, where us, we, you know, we expect, like, all right, if I'm going to do something, I need to give – all my time, all my efforts, but to kids, like if we just give our kids, I mean, my, my children are, you know, perfect examples. If I give them five minutes of my time, that's all they want. It's like an hour to them. Cause uh, there's, I could be one thing. I, I took my son, my kids to after school, uh, one day I took them to like an indoor air park or whatever you call them, the, the jump stations. Airheads or something yeah, yeah. like that. No, no, no. It was like the inflatable oh, places. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only there for a half hour, whatever. But they had so much fun. And then at the end of the day, you know, it was like mommy asked, hey, buddy, what was your favorite part of the day? Oh, daddy took me to the jump jump place. It was only 30 minutes. Yeah. But that, some, that made his whole day. That made his whole day. Yeah. And sometimes it's five minutes. Oh, daddy built me, built me something with Legos. Oh, daddy colored a picture with me. Like, it's just one yeah. thing yeah. out of, you know, it, it could take five minutes of my time, yeah. but it's the highlight of their day. Yeah. Like, how cool is that, that we can have such an impact to say, this was the best thing about my day? Pretty awesome. Right? Yeah. And again, it, if you're a new dad out there and your your kids are not even crawling around yet, like, it, don't be <laughs> don't be alarmed that, uh, you know, being a, I mean, yeah, being a dad is you sacrifice everything, but it really like these kids just want just a little bit. Yeah, because that's all bit. they need. Yeah, their that, their love bank gets full quick. Yeah, when dad says, "All right, boy, let's do it," or "All right, daughter, let's do this. Let's mm-hmm. let's make this happen." Yeah, that's all I need. And dads, I encourage you. This is one of my other big takeaways from the book: is never hold back on showing your love for your child, whether you have a daughter or a son, to to pick them up. To, to hug them, to give them a kiss, to tell them how much they mean to you, to, to love on them and stuff. You only have such a limited amount of time oh, to do this. And it's not that long ago. I remember my daughter jumping in, in that thing in the doorway, you know, before <laughs> yeah. they can walk, you know, and now she's, you know, just about to go into VPK. Yeah. And before I know it, she'll be in grade school and high school. And you know what? I mean, as, as adults, years go by very quickly. Right. Right. The days are long, but the years are short. Right. Right. And, you know, we have to just really appreciate the time that we're we're in with our children and how impressionable this time is and how important this time is to them, because in the blink of an eye. Right. Ten to 15 years will go by and we'll still be kind of who we are, a little little grayer. 
you know, maybe not as lean, <laughs> but, um, the, and they'll be adults. Right. And, and our impact in their life is, 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 is quite small at that point. Right. You know, I mean, we'll yeah. always be their, their, their dad, but we don't have a lot of say so in their life once they're in their, their twenties, you know. I want to quickly, uh, go back a couple seconds and, uh, give you another reference in talking about how to show love. There's, mm. um, but I'm sure most of you have heard of the the book and like the, the the study called the Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Uh, my wife and I have gone through this, and if you've never looked through this book, read the course, I mean, there it's a whole. I mean, they have weekend workshops based on this this uh, this work by Gary Chapman. Uh, but there's essentially there's there's five ways to express and experience love, as uh, Chapman calls it. He calls them the love languages. So what everybody has these. I mean, it's not like oh these are great, but no, everybody has one of these. Sometimes there's an overlap, but these are the five love languages: receiving gifts, quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. If you know your child's love language. And you give them that love language, that love bank is going to be full. For, for instance, my, my oldest son, his is quality time. He wants time with daddy. He wants time with mommy. He doesn't, he, yeah, he likes getting gifts. He do, he's not over the top of, you know, if we say, good job, son. You know, he's, he wants time. He wants our attention. He wants us to be there. Where my youngest, he's physical touch. Yeah, he loves to be held. He loves his back rubbed. He loves, you know, kisses. He loves, he loves, you know, like holding and swinging. And so his love language is physical touch. Yeah. My wife, uh, she's she's kind of a little bit of everything. <laughs> if you're listening, hey, to this, we're, we're going to get personal today, but not that no, personal. No, but seriously, she, my wife, is words of affirmation. Yeah, she loves when I compliment her, when I praise her. Yeah. Mine is acts of service, as most men are acts of service. Clean house, I'm happy. Food on the table, I'm happy. Yeah. You know, my wife doesn't need to tell me, oh, babe, like, you look great today. Like, that doesn't, I mean, that helps, but it doesn't do much yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't mean that the other qualities you have no interest in. It right. just means what's your number one right. love language, the one that, when spoken to you, fills you up. Right. And, yeah, my my wife's is... Um, is the gifts. Right. And mine is physical touch. Right. And I would say I would put my son at physical touch mm-hmm. and I would put my daughter at, oh, my daughter's a little harder to figure out, but I feel like my daughter's probably more the uh, quality time. Mm-hmm. I, and I think with both my kids, it's kind of almost like they're they're probably very close to the physical touch and quality time. Yeah, there's. I think with children, younger children, I think they're they're very close to those two. But if I mean, we could spend a whole episode just on this. But it's a great book. Again, check this book out: the Five Love Love Languages by um, Gary Chapman. And if once you understand your child's love language, give it to them. Don't rob it of them because that is something that God gave them, and that they God uniquely bless them with that gift. That's right. And if you're robbing them of that gift, it, like that's it's almost saying, God, I don't I don't agree with what you did to my child. Right. That's pretty much what you're saying. Right. I'm just gonna give him whatever I want to give. I'm gonna because it's selfish. <laughs> right. It's hard for me to spend uh you know it sometimes it is hard for me to praise my wife. But if I know that that's 
how she's wired, she she lives and thrives on words of affirmation. If I don't give that to her, one, I'm only hurting myself because, you know, if I praise my wife and she's in a good mood, it's probably going to come back around later that that night. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely right. So anyways, but yeah, five love languages, definitely check it out. I'm glad you shared that. But before we wrap this up, there was one more thing really quickly I wanted to touch on. And it, it's something that I need I need to work on more in, in my relationship is as a father, how we treat our spouse, how we treat our mom yeah. and and how our kids receive that and and, and see that in, in our lives and how important that is. How my daughter sees how I love my wife is how she will want to be loved by a man. Right. How, oh, my, how so my son sees me love his mom, and that's how I need to treat a woman. And not just that. My uh, Michelle, my wife, we actually wrote this on a sticky note. Uh, she wrote it because she felt convicted that she wasn't doing enough, a good enough job showing our children what a, a, a characteristic to marry. You know, she says, "I want to be, I want to be the woman that my child wants to marry." Yeah, and if she's not giving me what I need and disrespecting me, my children are only going to know that's that's the type of person mommy is to daddy. So that must mean I need that's, to marry. That's somebody. what I need to get. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, mo- so we're modeling everything that they're going to be. That's so scary. Know, looking for it's scary, but it's yeah. like. Cool, it's, it's because a great it's responsibility. It, yeah, we're 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 the sculptors, and right. they're the clay. You know, and we gotta we gotta do a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a it's a big responsibility. There's one last thing I wanted to. I write like a, an action item when I write these little book reviews that I've made YouTube videos for. So I write big takeaways from the book, which keeps the spirit of the book alive in my mind because I can have this great snapshot of, of the book. And when it comes to the book Hero, that you know is, is kind of in a lot of ways shaped our conversation today. But this was my action item. And my big takeaway, uh, my grand takeaway from the, the book Hero was get involved, it, be present, show you care every day. When talking to my kids or to your children, look them in the eyes. Brian said that before. Look look your, ch- your children in the eyes. And don't be distracted by other things. Give, give them that, that time, uh, that dedicated time at the end of the day when you're home from work. Give them my full attention. I'm not their friend. I'm their father. Hmm. I don't have to be perfect. I just have to do my best every day to show them I love them. I believe in them. I will always support them in good times and bad times. I'll always be a rock when they need me to be one. And that that's a father. You have to be a rock for your family, for your wife, for your children. <laughs> when it comes down to it, daddy's going to take care of business, you know? And that's what I, you know, when it comes to security and it comes to providing, I, that's the person I want to model. Yeah. My last words are, if there's some stones that need to be turned and some forgiveness need to be given, mm-hmm. I mean, don't wait. I mean, we're, we're going to, before you know it, you know, we're going to be dead. You know, we're going to be old and gray and we're going to be like, man, I wish I, yeah. I wish I, I wish I, I mean, yeah. don't yeah. wish, do it now. Right. Make the changes you need to make now. Start being that father. And hey, maybe maybe if you're a dad and you did something to your child, go ask for forgiveness. Yeah. 
they might be angry, but that's a conscience. That, that's something that's weighing on your conscience. And if you, you've come to terms with it and you're asking for forgiveness and you've, you've repented and you, you've changed your ways, then it's their responsibility to respond to you. So everything can be fixed. Everything can be changed. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at least you got to start making, taking the right steps in order for to, to, to correct what, what has been done. Yeah. We're all fallible. Right. You know, no, none of us are, are perfect, but I think that goes such a, a long way with our children when we let them know that we're sorry for our mistake and then they realize, wow, that's, that's how I need to respond when I mess up. I need to apologize to people and, you know, and, 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 and take accountability for my actions. So it's just huge. Great points. I mean, we, we could go on probably for a long, long time with this. But I thank you, listeners, for uh, checking in with the Strong by Design podcast today to learn a little bit more about maybe what what we can do as as dads to uh, be the the leaders and the role models and the the mentors and the great husbands uh, in our households. So I I just thank you so much. And thank you, Brian, for sitting down and sharing a little of your personal life. Awesome. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. And stay strong by design.